Our reading this morning is Acts chapter 13, verses 1 to 3. Um, here at Village, the Bible is central to everything that we do. Um, it, the Bible's God's primary way of speaking to his people, and it shapes everything we believe and everything we do. The Bible is God's word, his gift to us, the church. Because of this, after I finish reading, I will say, this is the word of the Lord, and we'll all respond together. Thanks be to God. There are some Bibles at the back, if you don't have one, and you can take that home with you. Okay, so Acts 13, verses 1 to 3. Now, there were in the church at Antioch prophets and teachers, Barnabas, Simeon, who was called Niger, Lucius of Cyrene, Menaean, a lifelong friend of Herod the Tetrarch, and Saul. While they were worshipping the Lord and fasting, the Holy Spirit said, Set apart for me Barnabas and Saul for the work to which I have called them. Then, after fasting and praying, they laid their hands on them and sent them off. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks, Claire. Uh, Morning, everybody. Good to see you. Um, If you don't know me, my name is Alan. I've been here... A few times the last wee while. This is probably the last time I'm going to be here for the next wee while. Um, well, I was going to say, I was going to say no audible size, but we got a whoop, which yeah, I was not expecting at all. But James is obviously delighted that I'll be back in East next week. Um, but Andrew, he's going to be back preaching again as we start our Advent series. Um, Andrew, he's he's going to move mountains to be back just to preach at Christmas because he loves it so much. He has, he's assured me though, with this book, he's only able to stand for 20 minutes at a time. So that's pretty good, isn't it? Whenever you think of the preaching and and what he can do in that time. So um, yeah, we're going to be, as Andrew said, um, finishing off our family traits series today. Uh, We've been thinking about those kind of pillars, those foundational things to us as a church of gospel community and mission. Uh, We preached on mission and kind of the why of mission, um, what our, our mission is as disciples of Jesus Christ and why we do that. Um, and we're thinking this morning a little bit more of the, of the how of mission, what it looks like for us to, to go and to make disciples of all nations. Um, and as Andrew said, we're especially thinking about church button. I was getting a little bit jittery there in my seat thinking he's going to preach exactly what I'm going to preach, only he's going to do it better than me and in a much shorter time. But thankfully, he didn't cover everything, so there's still a wee bit for me to do here. Um, and I'll confess, whenever it comes to church planting, um, there are probably people like Andrew or Nathan or others who have a lot more experience, uh, knowledge, expertise when it comes to church planting uh, than maybe I do. But it's something that I've always been passionate about, something I um, have always thought is uh, central to the mission uh, that God has given to us as his people. Um, And I'm thankful to be part of a church that thinks the same as I do, uh, and a church that's uh, willing to pursue this uh, and learn more about this and grow in this. And that's my desire uh, for me, uh, and it's my desire for, for us as a church in both South here and in our congregation over in East as well. Um, so when we think about mission, a lot of the time we can individualize it. We can make it about us and the, the call that God has put on our lives to go. 
uh, to go and to, to share our lives with others, to, to share the hope that we have in Jesus through the words that we say as well with them. And that's absolutely critical. It is. We are each individuals. Uh, we are each uh, part of, of the body of Christ, each individual parts that make up that whole body. And so we've got different spheres of influence. We've got different opportunities in this world uh, as we live our lives to share Jesus Christ and to make him known with others. Uh, and so it's right for us to think about the mission individually, uh, which is why we, we talked the way we did last week a little bit about the mission, um, but also why we did a little bit of evangelism training on Wednesday night. Some of you were able to make it along to that, and we're gonna, we have recorded that, so if you weren't there, you can listen back to that thinking more uh, about uh, how we, um, as those who are called by Jesus Christ, go into this world uh, and make him known. Uh, But here's the thing. The main narrative that we see as we read through the Bible, especially as we look at um, the book of Acts in the New Testament, is God's mission being carried out through community, through his people. Right from the beginning of the Bible, God It is about calling a people to himself, a people to whom and through whom he would display his glory and his goodness, and he would make himself known. In the beginning, it was uh, through the nation of Israel that he did that. And we see Abraham called uh, to, to leave his homeland. And in doing that, God made a promise to him, a covenant with him that he and his descendants would be vast uh, the number of descendants would, would be more than the stars in the sky. And, and through his descendants, uh, through Abraham, uh, they would be a blessing to the world, to all nations, all people. Uh, and now, this is, as, as we see the Bible, it's progressed, and we get to the, the pages of, of the, the New Testament, when Jesus Christ enters into this world, um, and he fully brings, uh, reveals God's kind of plan from the beginning, Um, We see then that in the book of Acts, uh, the way God has uh, revealed himself and continues to do that is through us, through his people, the church, those who are made a new creation in Jesus Christ. Together, we make Jesus Christ known in this world and we display his glory to the nations. And so when we think about what Jesus said to his disciples, for example, in Matthew 28, those familiar uh, verses that we have, he says uh, to his disciples, he, he brings them to himself Uh, And he says, all authority in heaven and earth has been given to me. This is who I am. You've seen who I am. Now go. Go into this world. Go as my people uh, and make me known. Show people what true life really looks like. And we're not called to do this in isolation. The disciples didn't say their farewells to each other there and, and, and head off in opposite directions. We were, they did it in community In Acts chapter 1, verse 8, Jesus commands his disciples to wait. And they're to wait until the Holy Spirit descends on them and falls on them. And then when that happens, Jesus said, you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem, in all Judea and Samaria, and to the end of the earth. So you're going to be my disciples Together, you're going to proclaim the message of God's kingdom. And you're going to show people what this new kingdom life looks like. You're going to give people a taste of my kingdom here on earth until the day that I return and and fully 
usher in my kingdom for all eternity. We proclaim the gospel of Jesus Christ. That's what we do. We, we proclaim it today and, and we show it today through our living together, through our worshiping God together. We proclaim that news that Jesus Christ, God's long-awaited King, He came into this world. It's what we're thinking about in our Advent series. The promises that God made, He fulfilled through sending His Son, Jesus Christ. That through Jesus, His perfect life, His sacrificial death on the cross, His glorious resurrection to life again after three days in the tomb, through Jesus Christ, The way for sinful men and women like you and me has been made for us to be reconciled to God again, to be brought back to him again, to know life with God, life as it was always meant to be. And in 2 Corinthians 5, Paul talks about this reconciliation. Travis preached in this in East last week. I think he had preached on it a few weeks ago here in South. And we see that Our greatest need here, all of us in this room, our greatest need is to be reconciled to God. That is what all of us need because God is the source of all life. And if we are separated from him, cut off from him, then we will one day die. Not just physically, that will come, yes. But physical death, it represents our spiritual death. Us being spiritually cut off, separated from God forever. From his goodness, from the life that he offers. And so our greatest need is to be reconciled to God again, to be brought back to him, reconnected to him. But none of us can do that on our own. None of us. We have all sinned against God. We've all turned away from him And the only way for us to be brought back to God is for him to do it for us, for him to make the way. And that's what he did for us in Jesus. That's what Paul says in 2 Corinthians 5. God, through Jesus Christ, he has made the way for us to be reconciled to him. In Jesus, we are made new creations. We are given a new start, a fresh start. And Paul says that we have been entrusted, as these new creations, we have been entrusted with the ministry, this message of reconciliation. Paul says that as we live for Jesus in this world, as his ambassadors, as his representatives, as we spin others, as we glorify his name in all the earth, God makes his appeal to others through us. He speaks directly to their hearts and and calls them back to himself to be reconciled to him. He could do it in a thousand and one different ways, but God in his infinite wisdom, he chooses to do it through us, his people. Incredible. And that's what we do as a local church. That's really our ministry. That's why we exist together as a church family, to bear witness to Jesus Christ here in Belfast. And as we do that, we uh, implore those around us to be reconciled to God. God makes his appeal through us. And if you're someone this morning who hasn't yet been reconciled to God in Jesus Christ, I want to do that 
Do you now I want to implore you to turn back to God, to see your need of a Savior in Jesus, to see that the life that you so desperately want, the life that you are searching for in this earth, the only way that you can have it is through trusting in Jesus, through experiencing the joy, the satisfaction, the security, the peace that comes from being in right relationship with God again, reconciled to him through Jesus. We as God's people, that's the message that we speak to others. That's the message that we live out to others in this world. And as we do, as we love Jesus and each other, as we love our city of Belfast, we become part of seeing God's kingdom come here on earth, just as it is in heaven. It's amazing, isn't it? That God chooses to make himself known in this way. It's a privilege, isn't it? To be part of this mission. Not a burden, but a joy to be used by God to bring life to others. And as Andrew said at Village, we believe that God's primary way of spreading his kingdom to the ends of the earth, just as he commanded his disciples there, Jesus Christ in Acts chapter 1, is through planting gospel-centered, faithful, disciple-making churches. Churches that are passionate about the Bible and God's word, Churches that are passionate about community and seeing people brought in to God's family and churches that are outward looking, looking to, to make Jesus Christ known in this world. That's what we see, God's primary way of spreading his kingdom. And as we think about mission, we think about church planting as a church. Churches uh, being planted, which are able to connect the gospel of Jesus Christ to their local communities and become disciple makers there in those communities. There's a, a quote that's on the screen here, which uh, I think is a brilliant one in helping us understand a bit more of the, about this. Um, it's from a book called Church in Hard Place, uh, by, um, written by a guy, uh, Mez McConnell. And, and he says it like this in, in the book. The local church is God's primary evangelism ministry strategy. The Apostle Paul thought of the region from Jerusalem to Illyricum, which we would today call the Balkans, as being reached with the gospel. The ministry of the gospel was fulfilled there. Was that because Paul had preached the gospel in every area? Of course not. Instead, Paul could check this part off the, uh, off the world, off his list, because he knew there were churches in these places. Paul knew that the churches there where how the gospel would spread into all the individual neighborhoods because local churches do local evangelism. Local churches do local That's why a village, if you've been around this church for a while, you'll know that church planting is in our DNA. It's why we're, we're passionate about seeing churches being planted because we are part of the, the Acts 29 Global Church Planting Network. That's not um, just so that we can be part of a club, but it's because we want to be connected and joined to other churches who are passionate about church planting, just like us. Both our congregations, as Andrew said, they both started as, as church plants. Over in, in Village East uh, on the Newton Arge Road, um, 10 years ago, really, uh, Lucas Parks and, and Sue Parks, uh, they were members of Glen Abbey Church, and Glen Abbey at that time, they commissioned Lucas to plant a church. 
in a place where Lucas and Sue felt called to go, in a place that they felt there was a real gospel need, with people who they felt there was a real need uh, to know Jesus. Uh, and it started in South Belfast, actually, right here in the beginning, uh, with a, a group of people who gathered in Lucas and Sue's front room, in their living room. Uh, they got together, uh, read God's word, tried to make sense of, of what it is to be a follower of Jesus Christ here and now in Belfast. They ate together in each other's homes. They discipled each other. Um, they, they shared the good news of Jesus with others and invited them into that community as well. And that's how things started. It wasn't a church necessarily being planted, but the gospel being planted. And there was no church build, building to meet in it those days. They moved from place to outgrew living rooms and then other rooms that were bigger than that and then other rooms that were bigger than that. But it's amazing what God has done. It is really amazing. Two services now over uh, in Village East that we have on a Sunday, which is nice. One of the reasons I like coming here because I only have to preach once, but I have to preach twice over there. Um, but two services over there. A church building that's uh, full. Um, we have about 10 missional communities that are bursting at the seams, really, over uh, in East. We have nearly 30, I think it's 35 kids now in our church family over there. Babies being born all the time at the minute, it feels like. Um, and we've got more structures being put in place. We uh, more staff over in the church in East as well. Members of the church all the time. People being baptized as we had a, a few weeks ago. Elders being raised up. We're at the point of even thinking about deacons now. We're at that stage as a church. Because no longer are we a church plant in East. It, it feels like we're almost like a young, established church now. Amazing. Praise God for what he has done. All started because of those gospel seeds being planted in people's lives and God doing an amazing work in their And then, as Andrew said, three years ago, October 2018, I looked back to, to listen, actually, to the sermon that Lucas preached that day that the Village South team were, were sent out uh, to plant over here in the Ormo Road. Andrew and Haley, they obviously led that team with about I think there was about 25 others who were key leaders in that church in Village East who came here. Most of you, I think, were living in this area, so it made sense to come back here because this is where your community is. This is where the people you want to reach are living. Uh, and with having the, the building here, um, obviously it started in a kind of different way maybe than what, what Village East did. Uh, church plants maybe that we are part of in the future might look different again but praise God for what he has provided for us here in south as well to be able to meet this now as you kind of grow and progress from being a church plant to to more established kids in the back that are being ministered to and, and taught God's word it's amazing to see what God has done we're so thankful for that and the church will continue to grow New elders being raised up right now. Members being added to this church. And for both east and south, planting a church is not job done. You know, box ticked. That's it. As Andrew said, one of the big goals of Acts 29 is planting church, planting churches. Churches that... Uh, continue to think about, about that mission of, of planting other churches in different places where the gospel is needed across our city or across this island of Ireland. We want to keep that on our radar and we want to ask God to keep this in our hearts and in our minds. And um, 
this will always be who we are. We'll never get away from this because we are convinced as a church, as leaders in this church, we're convinced that this is the way that, that God grows and spreads his kingdom. This is how he does it. This is how disciples are made. This is how the gospel uh, takes new ground in communities that maybe we would never expect it to happen. Churches being born and being, uh, being uh, grown in those and nurtured in those areas. People in those areas, most importantly, being brought from eternal death. That's why we do it. Now, 18 minutes in, I'm going to get to Acts chapter 13. Um, I'm nearly done as well. I'm not going to spend that long in Acts chapter 13. You probably thought whenever we read it, it's quite a random one for us to read. But even as Andrew was talking about Turkey and about Antoine and Citadel, this is a church that Antioch is what we would now call modern-day Turkey. This is a church that was planted there. And actually, the amazing thing about this church is that we here in Village South in 2021 all those hundreds and thousands of years later, we can trace our roots as a church back to this one. Churches that have been planted throughout the years and across the generations to a church back here in Antioch in what is modern. And it's one of the most significant church plants in the book of Acts. Um, we see throughout Acts more and more people who need Jesus are meeting Jesus, experiencing life in Jesus. Churches are being established in new places. And it all started uh, from Jerusalem, that place where Jesus Christ said to his disciples that it would in Acts chapter 1. Because in Acts chapter 2, at the day of the falls, and as Jesus Christ said, the apostle Peter, he stands up and he gives the preach of all preaches. And he presents the gospel and many, many people turn in repentance and faith to Jesus Christ. And the first church is born in Jerusalem. They say on that day that there were about 3,000 added to the number. It's, it's a huge church, a mega church. But a mega church in Jerusalem wasn't God's ultimate plan to reach the nations. Because God is the Lord of all nations, not just one nation. Remember God's promise to Abraham. What he said, he promised that Abraham through his descendants all nations, all families on earth would be blessed. Isaiah, he'd prophesied God's chosen people, Israel, would become a light for the nations so that salvation would reach to the end of the earth. In Micah chapter 4, verse 2, the prophet Micah, he foresaw, foresaw a day when many nations would desire to come to Zion, that place where God dwells with his people, to learn God's ways and to experience the blessings of life with him. But this was something that the children of Israel, throughout the Old Testament, we see they struggled with. They couldn't quite get their head around what that would look like, how God would, would extend his, uh, knowledge, the knowledge of who he is to the nations beyond his people, Israel. You see in the, the book of uh, Jonah, an example of this, Jonah really, he struggles with this because he wasn't keen at all for God's mercy and salvation to extend to the Gentiles, to those outside of Israel. He wouldn't go to the city of Nineveh. He, he wouldn't go on the mission that God appointed him to. And even, uh, he, would, he would go in the complete opposite direction. And even in the end, whenever he, he did go, he wasn't happy about God's salvation coming to those people. 
Many have forgotten God's plan for his kingdom to win the nations, to see people from every tribe and every tongue and every nation added to his family, to the church. As Andrew said, God's ambition, his desire for the gospel is what uh, the prophet Habakkuk said in Habakkuk 2.14, that God won't be satisfied until the earth is filled with the glory of the Lord as the waters cover the sea. That's the goal. Because God is a God of all nations, of all people on earth. And with this massive church that's born here in Jerusalem, this wasn't the master plan kind of finished because God was going to get his disciples to Samaria, to Judea, and to the ends of the earth to witness to him there. And as we fast forward to Acts chapter 8, if you go in your Bible there, you'll see it on the screen. Persecution comes to the church in Jerusalem. One of the brothers, Stephen, is murdered. Saul, who later becomes the apostle Paul, probably the greatest church planter the world has ever seen, he's coming off his murder. He's incredibly hostile to God's people. He's ravaging the church, it says in Acts chapter 8, pulling people out of, the, people out of their homes and throwing them in prison for following Jesus. And as we look at this moment, what was happening here, this turning point is extremely significant in the book of Acts. We might think, you know, what a shame for this church. Persecution coming, yes, that's terrible. Them being torn apart as a church seems terrible to us. But look what happens. Look what happens in Acts chapter 8. It tells us that when persecution came against the church in Jerusalem, the people in the church were all scattered throughout the regions of Judea and Samaria except the apostles. You see what's happening? Even when men and women don't understand or fulfill, God will do it. Even when they don't quite grasp his purposes, God will continue to build his church. His kingdom will spread to the ends of the earth. His glory and his name to all nations. Because look what happens when those Christians, they move out from Jerusalem. In Acts chapter 11, it's on the screen again as well. Now, those who were scattered because of the persecution that arose over Stephen traveled as far as Phoenicia and Cyprus and Antioch, speaking the word to no one except Jews. Still, some of them don't get it. They're speaking only to the Jews. God is, God is the, the God of one nation, not all nations. No, but look at verse 20. But there were some of them, men of Cyprus and Cyrene, who on coming to Antioch spoke to the Hellenists also. To the Gentiles, the Lord Jesus, and the hand of the Lord was with them, and a great number who believed turned to the Lord. The church has been scattered. The people, they do what God's people do in those places, being faithful to him. They live out their faith together. They share their faith with others. They gather for worship. And what's the result? What does God do? Many, many people become Christians in Antioch in a place that is 300 miles north of Jerusalem, a vast place with a population of about 1 million people. It was kind of one of the, the big three cities in the known world at that time. And it's a place with no gospel presence up to this point. But now, here in this kind of epicenter of the world, this melting pot of languages and cultures and background, here, the Great Commission is being fulfilled. God is raising up his church. And 
when we look at this passage in Acts chapter 13, which I want you to turn with me now as we kind of draw to a close here, if you've ever wondered if the gospel has the power to break down dividing walls of hostility, if you've ever wondered if the gospel has the power to unite people from all different backgrounds and all different sides of the road, listen to some of the characters mentioned in this church in Antioch. Easy to kind of gloss over these words. Now, there were in the church in Antioch prophets and teachers, Barnabas, Simeon, who was called Niger, Lucius of Cyrene, Manan, a lifelong friend of Herod the Tetrarch, and Saul. Pick out a couple. Saul. Saul was who we saw just a few chapters earlier, ravaging the church, tearing the church apart. But after his uh, dramatic conversion and meeting the Lord Jesus, look who is in this church now, Saul. He's there. He's one of the people who is building up the church, part of this body of believers. God's grace is for all, isn't it? God's grace and his mercy and his love extends to even those who are so incredibly hostile to him. And then look at Manan. It says he was a lifelong friend of Herod the Tetrarch. You remember who Herod the Tetrarch is? He's the one who killed John the Baptist. The one who uh, came before Jesus Christ as that kind of forerunner, the messenger for Jesus. And he was actually who was involved in the trial which led to the crucifixion of Jesus Christ. And this is someone who Manan has grown up with, a friend, a lifelong friend. And you think, what's he doing here in this church? If you were a follower of Manan, what's he doing here? See how the gospel unites people from all different sides of the road, from, from all different kind of places. It's amazing. The gospel has the power to bring salvation to all who believe, all people in every place, in every corner of our city, in every corner of this island. All people have the opportunity to hear and to respond to the good news of Jesus Christ. We want all people to be reconciled to God. That's what God wants. And he makes his appeal through us. And look what happens next in Antioch. Look at verse 2. While they were worshipping the Lord and fasting, the Holy Spirit said, Set apart from me Barnabas and Saul for the work to which I have called them. Then after fasting and praying, they laid their hands on them and sent them off. Antioch becomes a church planting church. They're a church that's committed to the Lord, that's longing to hear from him, worshiping together, praying and fasting, and the Holy Spirit speaks and says, send out church planters. The gospel knows beyond are others in this world who need to hear about me. My glory will spread to all people, to all nations. And what do they do? They're obedient to the Lord's call. They send out Saul and Barnabas. And this starts... The kind of first of, of three missionary journeys for the Apostle Paul in particular. Three missionary journeys which saw gospel seeds being planted, more and more churches being planted, and Christianity spreading across the known world to the ends of the earth, just as Jesus Christ said. And none of this should surprise us as we read these verses, because what we see in the Bible is that church planting is a normal, healthy part of, of just being a healthy church. Church planting is how the gospel moves forward. If you think about 
be in one of those churches in Jerusalem, be a part, sorry, of one of those churches in Jerusalem or Antioch, big churches, growing numbers, probably thriving ministries, a massive kids ministry, I'm sure. Worship, imagine that, praising God together. You wouldn't probably be asking for more worship leaders. There'd probably be loads in the church family. Think about being part of one of those churches. The easy thing, the comfortable thing would probably just be to, to hunker down and say, this is us. You know, we're going to grow bigger and bigger and bigger. But that wasn't God's plan for the kingdom. His desire is that his knowledge, the knowledge, sorry, of his glory would fill the earth as the waters cover the sea. And when it comes to our mission as a church, church planting, it, it isn't the easy option it isn't like a, you know, a get out and mission and saying, you know, we're a church planting church, therefore we are missional. No, church planting, it isn't the easy or comfortable option. It's tough taking the gospel to new places like the west of Belfast. It's tough going to places like Southern Ireland where probably they're both hostile to the evangelical church. It can be really difficult as, as Andrew and, and you guys maybe experienced in coming here to to send out some of your best leaders, those who really get your vision, your values, to, to come to a place and to start again almost or to feel like you're starting from ground zero. That is not easy to do. We don't plant churches for the easy option. We plant God to his command to see his glory fill the earth, to see many, many people coming to know him and trust him. It would be lovely to grow bigger and bigger as a church. But how would we ever reach people in West Belfast if we did that? If we're all over here in South or in East, how will we ever take the gospel to people in the West? Living there, allowing people to see what, uh, not just hearing the gospel, but seeing the gospel lived out. That takes us being in community with people. That can't be done from a distance. Think of one of those 70 towns or villages in the South of Ireland 70 towns with a population of around about 5,000 who have no evangelical church right now. No gospel uh, proclaiming church. No, no church that's faithful to God's word. Ireland is the least evangelized English-speaking country in the world. And it's right on our doorstep. Two hours down the road. These are places that are in desperate need of the gospel of Jesus Christ. In order to reach those places, we must go. We need to, to be faithful to God, to hear his call, and we need to go and immerse ourselves in those communities, in those cultures, in those contexts. And we've been praying for the Lord to lead us in this. We've been praying. I listened even, uh, I said this, I listened to Lucas preaching in, in October 2018 on, on uh, church planting a little bit and, and commissioning uh, Andrew and Haley and, and you guys to come over here to South. And the amount of times that Lucas three years ago talked about the West of Belfast, so many times it came up. And he had obviously been praying about this for a while. We as a church have been praying about this for a while. And unbeknownst to us, Nathan and Emily over in America, halfway across the world, had been praying exactly the same as the West of Belfast, but for God to lead them, to show them where the need is. And in a trip to Belfast, that's where God laid it on their heart to come here, to move their whole lives, move their whole family to a place 
uh, which was unfamiliar to them, but in a place where they feel like God has called them to go, to go and make disciples. We're so thankful that, we're, that they're here. We're so thankful for what they are doing right now and, and building relationships with people over there. And we want to partner with them in that. We want to, to explore and support them as they think about planting a church over in the West. And as we think about how we can be involved in church planting going forward, I, I think there are three points that kind of show we can continue to grow and, and uh, move forward in our church planting endeavors as a church. Here are three things that are on the screen. We, we can be involved in this through prayer, financially, and through personnel. Three things, just to leave us with this morning, three practical applications here. Prayer, let's, let's pray for church planting, not just here in Belfast or here in Ireland, let's pray for church planting across the globe. Andrew's uh, given us some information about that this morning. Let's pray for people like Antoine and Citadel in Turkey. Let's intentionally pray that God would raise up more laborers to get out into his harvest field in places across the world that there are few laborers right now, where the harvest is plentiful, but the laborers are few. Let's pray earnestly to the Lord of the harvest to send out more people. Let's pray for the plans in, in West Belfast. Pray for Nathan and Emily specifically to be able to find a home over there, to be able to get over there and to, to start kind of uh, laying foundations really in their ministry there, building relationships with people, Pray for people in that area already moved there and a part of the team that would, would like to be part of that church plant. Let's pray for them as well. And pray for God to be preparing the hearts of the people over in the West. Hearts that would be open to receiving the gospel. Hearts that would turn to Jesus Christ. Prayer is one thing. Financially, we, we thought about our generous living the last wee while as we, we thought about our community growing in our generous And this is one of the areas that we can grow and continue to grow. We have been so fortunate as a church, so blessed by so many other churches who've invested money in us. Churches in America, churches here like Glen Abbey in Northern Ireland, who've invested in church planting. What would it look like for us to get to the point of being able to invest in other churches? We do that a little bit now. Let's think about how we could grow in that as a church. Growing our financial giving so that we can be a blessing to others. And then lastly, personnel. As we've seen this morning throughout the book of Acts, and in this church here in Antioch, they were praying to God, asking for him to lead them. And as they were praying, he spoke and said, send out people. Send them out. And as we pray, as you maybe pray, as you process this and think off the back of this, maybe the Lord is laying something on your heart today. Maybe he's speaking to you, calling you to go. To go to somewhere in this city, in the west maybe, in the north. Maybe he's calling you to go to somewhere else in Northern Ireland, Derry. Somewhere down in the south, Kerry, Wexford. Who knows, Derry, Kerry, I didn't even mean to do that. <laughs> Who knows where he's, he's sending you. He could be calling you to go. There is a desperate need for the gospel in so many places in this Ireland, island of Ireland. So let's be open to the Lord in him leading us.
There would be, honestly, there would be no greater joy than for a church member to come to us as elders and say, I feel like the Lord is maybe putting something in my heart for wherever the place. Can you help me? Can we pray about that? Can we think about that? what that might look like? Oh, that would be a joyful conversation to send our members out to places where God, they feel God is calling them. Oh, a joyful thing. Let's continue to pray about that and let's think about the need that there is across our city and across this world. As we finish, here's, here's what I want to finish with. Our ultimate goal in planting churches, our ultimate goal in mission is that goal which, which God has, that all people in all places would experience his glory and his goodness, that all people would be reconciled to him through Jesus Christ. If you have not this morning been reconciled to God through Jesus, I implore you today to turn to him. Put your faith in him. He died and he rose to life again to offer you forgiveness and to offer you life in his name. Turn to him. Trust in him. And isn't that the message that we want to proclaim to people here on these streets, but also to people all across this world? We want people everywhere to experience the glory of God, not just now, but for all eternity. We want people to experience God's kingdom here in Belfast as it is in heaven. Because we want all people to know life in Jesus. And as Andrew said, that, that desire that God has, that uh, kind of goal in, in gospel ministry, it, it isn't one that I hope or one that might happen. It's one that God assures us will happen. That one day, his glory will fill the earth as the waters cover the sea. And here's the picture. Here's the picture that, that John saw in his vision in Revelation 7 verse 9. That we, as God's people, will one day see with our own eyes. We will see this. We will see that no more from every nation, from all tribes and peoples and languages, standing before the throne and before the Lamb, Jesus Christ, clothed in white robes with palm branches in their hands and crying out with a loud voice, salvation belongs to our God who sits on the throne and to the Lamb. That is what we will one day see. Don't we want so many others to see it too, to be part of that great multitude? Let's pray to that end and let's go as God's people to make his name known and to spread his glory to the nations. Let me pray for us. Father, we thank you that you have made yourself known to us through your son, Jesus Christ, that we have been reconciled to you through Jesus, through his life, his death, his resurrection again, Lord. Lord, you have been so gracious and merciful to each of us who call you our Father. Lord, we don't deserve uh, to be uh, one of your people. We don't deserve it, Lord. You have chosen us. And we just want to thank you this morning. We want to praise your name for that. But Lord, we want to uh, accept as well, Lord, that because you have reconciled us to yourself, um, Lord, you then call us to, to go and to make your name known, your glory known in all the earth, that others would be reconciled to you through us, 
through and share with them. We live alongside them, Lord, that we would be pointing them to Jesus Christ, that they would see their need of a Savior, uh, and they would put their trust and their faith in Jesus, Lord. Lord, we, we thank you that um, you have laid church planting on our heart as a church here, that over these last number of years, as, as the church in East was planted, Lord, and now a church in, in South here, Lord, you've been so good to us. You've blessed us uh, immeasurably. Uh, Lord, we just want to praise you and thank you for that. But we want to, to receive those blessings so that we can then be a blessing to others, Lord. We want to do that here in these streets in South Belfast to these people who live in this community, Lord. Help, know how to be. Lord, help us to, to go so that many people would uh, experience life in you. Give us the words to say. Give us the, uh, the ways to serve, Lord. And Lord, we pray the exact same thing for the west of Belfast. We pray for Nathan and Emily. We pray for those others who are there with them. Lord, would you pay for them now a home to be able to get over there, to start that ministry over there. Uh, Lord, uh, thank you for calling them. Thank you for bringing them here. Thank you for laying on their hearts uh, just the lost who are over there in West Belfast, Lord. Um, and we pray, Lord, for other churches across Ireland who uh, are uh, continuing to look outwardly and, and, and desire to plant churches in places where the gospel is needed. Lord, would you give them um, what they need, more of your grace to be able to do that. Lead them in that, Lord. Um, and we just pray, Lord, that uh, as we've seen, um, when we come back to the reason we do this, we will be filled with hope and expectation, Lord, because we know that one day uh, your glory and the knowledge of your glory will fill the earth you're going to be praised and worshipped for all eternity. Lord, that is a sure and certain thing. Uh, and so, Lord, we want to, until the day that Jesus Christ returns, we want to uh, be part of this mission of making you known in this world. And we pray these things in your son Jesus' name. Amen.